As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week on Buckets, Boards, and Blocks, we have a special show where we've gathered some of our Pure Hoops Media friends for a discussion on life in the time of the coronavirus and how our world has been rocked the past month or so. Mike Wise from The Mike Wise Show is here. Otto Strong from Catch and Shoot 2.0 joins us as well. And of course, my loyal sidekick and producer extraordinaire, Bruce Bernstein is always with me. Darlene, my girl, let's run. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Buckets, Boards and Blocks is hosted by a former Georgetown Hoyer who likes nothing better than a well-executed fade screen and thinks DC ballers are the smartest. A lover of threes in transition, Monica McNutt. Thanks, Darlene. All right, the gang's all here. I'm so excited for this conversation with my Pure Hoops teammates. We're going to jump right into it. So wise, I call them wise. (laughs) <laughs> what has been your main activity or pastime during this quarantine, my friend? This is going to sound weird, but, um, Monica, but I, I like got it, I completely into um, making a fort for my kids. Like I'm Mr. Suburban Dad now all of a sudden, you know, I used to be like, the oh, my dad travels and covers the NBA and does all these cool. Now I'm just at home, like, you know, putting putting bamboo shoots up so I can put a tarp on. And, um, and and baking. I love baking. I, uh, I I got a I couldn't find flour for like a week, and then my my neighbor bought a fifty pound bag at Costco. I, I feel like I could open a bakery. It's a uh, it's a uh, so pretty. You know, I, it's nothing exciting really. A nothing exciting. exciting. What's that? A Fort Bakery? Oh no! The, the, oh that yeah, you're right. If I could combine the two somehow and sell cookies out of it, it'd be freaking money. We'd be awesome. Yeah. What about you, Otto? All right. So uh, I'm the sports editor of Fort Worth Star Telegram, of course. And so, uh, you know, there are no sports. So one would think, okay, not a lot of work to do. However, I've kind of repurposed the staff to uh, work on business stories and education stories. So in actuality, there's probably more work that's been created by all of this. Uh, So free time is at a minimum, but um, I've I've been loving me some Tiger King. And that's, 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 oh, leave it right there. (laughs) The, we yeah. about at some point. I'm curious. I mean, though, there's oh, be, go ahead, Monica. I cut you off. Sorry. What's been the biggest, um, I guess, most interesting story that your staff has kind of uncovered? Uh, so I have a guy who uh, his name is Mac Engel. He's a he's a general sports columnist. But what I've been working on w- with him on is to handle the coping columns, and it's like that everyday kind of stuff. We were we were talking a couple of weeks back, and I said, you know, you should do a column on just picking a shopping cart these days and what is entailed in mm. that. Because, you know, I mean, I just, I know for me, I approach a shopping cart very differently than I did like a month ago. You know, I'm looking where, where's the Lysol wipes, you know, who's touched this thing? Where is it? If, you know, so, uh, so that, that, that column did really well. And it was kind of an interesting mm. take on, on, you know, getting into the human psyche through, through periods like this. But yeah, are, that, are you guys at all more, um, I guess, cleanly, you know, cleanliness next to godliness. I, I never believed in that thing before. And my, I had one of these weird dads that basically ingrained it in my neural cortex that the more dirty food I ate off the floor, my immunity system would be better when I was a kid. So, so we didn't have like the five uh, second rule in my house. We had the five day rule and when you eat food. But so- now I'm like, I'm a Mr. George now i'm like i wash my hands all the time i put those lysol wipes on the costco cards it's crazy how i've become like this germaphobe yeah i, I think so so no no disrespect to your dad i think that was just like dad being dad you know i have <laughs> no no he was out of his mind i had the same thing too it's like you know just get, oh, you in the did? Car. Okay. Just get in the car you know like you know it was all that. <laughs> i definitely at the first thing that i started to become extremely more conscientious about was how much I touched my face, especially while we were still traveling before this mm. thing kind of came to a full stop. And so now I'm like, don't touch my face. And even don't text on your phone and then call on your phone because all this right. cross-examination stuff, it definitely has made me far more mindful. Yeah, I, I wipe I wipe my phone down. The first time I wiped my phone down with a, with a Lysol wipe, the thing went from like white to gray in like one, one swipe. I got kind of freaked out by that. <laughs> 
Oh, I'm yelling at my kids down, you know, going down the aisle, going six feet, six feet, you know, and they're kind of looking at me weird, you know, and just, uh, I, I just feel like, you know, for the one time in my life, better safe than sorry, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Bruce, my guy, what have you been up to? You and I have been chatting a lot during the, well, once a week. I don't know if that's a lot. Yeah, yes, indeed. I mean, besides working with all of you on our various shows, which have kept me sane throughout a time that's just absolutely insane, besides growing my quarantine beard, which I'm about two and a half weeks into right now, (laughs) which I I promised my wife, I said, I'm going to grow it. And then as soon as it actually looks like a beard, I'm going to shave it off back to its goatee level, which is where it belongs. But I'm not one of these people that's been able to go back and watch all these classic games. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I watched the 1984 NCAA mm. championship. It's like, I can't. I, I mean, I, I know the end of the story. I'm not doing it. So I have watched. Wait, wait, you, can't, you, you can't watch the 1983 NC State Houston. Okay, that's awesome. Well, here's I watched the it thing. the other day with my son. He like, you know, he didn't know it. He thought it was live. He's nine. <laughs> well, here's the thing. <laughs> he was though. going nuts. My, my, my wife and I have been married since 1988, and she has spent better than 30 years putting up with all of the games mm. that I've made her watch live. So I said, because in addition to being my soulmate, you are also now my cellmate, I'm going to be a good <laughs> teammate and watch shows with you. So we blew through Tiger King. We've blown through Ozark. And whatever else she wants to watch, we're going to blow through that. So uh, I'm taking one for the team. But it's so great to be a part of this team, the Pure Hoops Media Squad, because truly, I just love being able to interact with you guys. So no. thanks for being you. Oh. I love Bruce, that's that nice. That's where's true. the money? Now, where's the money, damn it? No. Yeah, check, checks in the mail, Mike. <laughs> a happy life during quarantine is also a happy life, Bruce. I love it. Okay, so here's the deal, guys. And yeah. Adam Silver came out earlier this week and said that no decisions would be made as far as the NBA until late May. But do you think, Mike, that the NBA in particular, because Pure Hoops is about basketball first, Mm. can exist without fans? Do I think, I'm sorry, Pure Hoops can, I'm sorry, the NBA? The NBA. Can the NBA Uh, exist? The Pure Hoops can't exist without fans. The downloads have been incredible. No, but but, uh, no, I I think you're right. Uh, I mean, I, do I think it can and exist without fans? Not for very long. And I think it's almost a, it's a false choice in some ways. And I think they found this out when Rudy Gobert tested positive, which, which is, you know, we could say we're concerned about our season ticket holders and the, the NBA family all we want, but the NBA family is, is comes down to part of our players. And if our players are allowed to infect each other on the court, what does that do for us? So yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I think the NBA comes back with fans in full regalia. And I, and I, you know, I, I could see them putting training camp back to November, December, and the season not starting till January, worst case scenario. So and I certainly don't think we have a season this year at all. I okay. think it's done. That's, what I That's just me. I mean, I, I have no inside information. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy talked about it recently on somebody's podcast. But uh, actually, was on Spencer Checkett's show in Utah. But um, he, he, I don't think I, I don't, I don't. He doesn't have any inside information that I know of. So I just get the sense that this thing is going on and on. And 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 Adam Silver, as you guys know, is the smartest commissioner in sports, and he is not going to take a chance before he knows this is dead and gone. What do you think, Adam? Yeah, I mean, to 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 sort of break it down, like the rest of this season, I, I I've talked about this before a little bit. I don't see how you're just going to bring all 30 teams to to Vegas or 16 teams or however many teams you want to bring to Vegas, put them all in the same gym or a couple of gyms and just and just go at it, go hard, and you know, and hope for the best. I mean, it. I mean, it's it's a it's a nice thought. Yes, we all want to have a, a nice conclusion, put a bow on the season, but that seems really really risky. As far as, you know, whether the sport can survive without fans, I mean, the thing, so I'm hanging on this. I remember hearing stories about, and Mike, you probably, everyone's probably heard these, you know, the dream team, the dream team practices at which there were no fans, some of the most <laughs> intense games of all time. That's so true. I'm thinking like, 
we, I, I think that, that you, you know, you put 10 people on a court and you throw a ball out there and I think guys will, it may take a little while, but I think guys will get, get, you know, find their new normal and, and get after it. But you know, it would be a different game. I'm not going to say it's going to be the same game, but you know, from a, from a standpoint of can a sport, what league could survive without fans at all? I think it's hockey. I think it's like, you know, you got guys skating around, you know, circling around a little thing and on the, on the ice, you know, plexiglass separating the fans, every other sport you think about it, guys waving towels, guys are interacting NFL, MLB, NBA. So for me, you know, I, I would think the NHL would be the one sport that could survive without fans the easiest, but I think the NBA would do well. I think you're right, Otto, because everybody always says the, the NHL is seeing a hockey game. Um, in person there's nothing that translates like it but you're right they don't the fans don't have the connection that they do um to other sports in the arena and the nfl is kind of a tv sport so i guess you know it could survive as well too but fans are such a big part of it i don't it's it's a hard one uh, that would be a tough sell for me what do you think yeah. bro? i i think that if there were a way to put the games on in a manner that is safe for not only the players and the support staff that is necessary to put on a professional game. I think if you played games in some sort of a neutral environment, I think you might see basketball in its absolutely purest form because you'll be looking at a no home court advantage, no road court disadvantage. It would sort of be a neutral environment where there would, you know, both teams would sort of be on equal footing, right? So in some ways, while the emotion of the crowd is a big part of the game, I think the actual basketball might be as close to a pure, even contest as exists. But we're, we're all insiders, and we've, we've seen what, what NBA players do and how they get ready, and WNBA players, and anyone who's going to play at an elite level college too, do you want? But let, you, know, you forget how much you know the meal prep, the sleep prep, the, the stretching prep, the, all of those things that go into – so when I turn my TV on at 8 o'clock and I see TNT, ESPN, whatever, and guys are going – breakneck speed and doing amazing things that is as the result that comes as the result of all of the things that have gone into that so to say you're going to just plunk down in vegas somewhere some or some other city and you're going to get that same result that same product i just don't see how you how that happens i will say i mean the logistics and the safety of it is obviously top top priority in terms of a concern but if there was a way that we could say all right these teams are safe this is an opportunity to play. I think that overall, country, the morale of the country, quite honestly, would be boosted if there was a way to pull it off. I think at this point, and I can remember we were at MSG the night that Ruby, Rudy tested positive and then everything kind of got shut down. And to me, like my first thought was sports makes this real because it is those one of those things in our oh. society that everybody can relate to. So if we were taking steps in terms of morale and we could figure out a way to really do it safely, which I don't know that we actually can, I think that the neutral site thing, the guys would be happy to have some sense of normalcy back. And then, of course, the viewership would be out of control in terms of something for people to look forward to. Well, and, the, and to that point, Monica, the whole notion of moving up the release of the Michael Jordan documentary, yep. that thing's going to do great. It would have done crazy numbers anyway, but now there's nothing on. I mean, when, when, when you have my guy Zubin at ESPN like literally doing play-by-play -play off another player playing MLB live <laughs> video game. Like I just feel bad for him almost. And um, so I think that, yeah, you're, you're right. I think that there would be, I think it's just such a like delicate thing though, because you don't want to look like you're tone deaf. Like if obviously if the curve is flattened and, and people aren't dying like they were in droves, but I think you want to almost like you almost have to feel like that if not, you've crested over the top. But but the people, you know, like thousands of people aren't dying per day and you're not you're not putting basketball on as a diversion for it. Because I think people would almost there would be some revolt against some people there that would just say, wow, you guys are tin here. What are you doing? I would never have watched Tiger King if those games were available in any way, shape or form, <laughs> that's for sure. Tiger King. Oh man, that, there's people really who basically like in trailer parks now saying that that show gives them a bad name. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, it's crazy. Uh, like, oh, 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 he's out of control. That Joe, what's he doing? Yeah, um, no. I think Carol definitely killed her first husband, though. No doubt in my mind.
Oh, the way they the, the 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 one thing is is the guy that did it, Eric Good or whatever. He's like this conservationist guy, and like, oh, you think it's going to be all about the tigers? No, it's just about it was like a Bachelor episode, but more dysfunctional people. And he's like leading the guy down the sign, like, hey, you look pretty good with that mullet, Joe. Hey, like, and then and then he goes to Kara Baskin, and he's like, oh, Kara, he's trying to kill you, isn't he? And like, literally, like he sets her up to be almost like. I guess she got trashed on social media. I'm like, I got to be honest. When it was over, I was like, eh, you know, I would have took, I would have taken her out for him if he wanted. No, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't have been that deep. But I'm, like, it was, it's crazy. Like how the guy like comes across as having all these genuine, good-hearted intentions about saving the tigers. And when I got over it, it was like this guy's like a bachelor producer trying to create rivalries. De- the show was definitely endorsed by the American Dental Association, though. Oh my <laughs> god! Oh, oh yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept waiting for Crest, Crest cavity cream. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I got Save us, Monica. <laughs> Sorry. We talked hypothetically about the idea of the league coming back. Um, we obviously, like you mentioned, Otto, are all sort of insiders and have different roles. At what point would you feel comfortable? Going back to coverage and such, Otto. Oh wow! All right, so I'm, I'm like I'm a healthy guy. Uh, I work out. I don't, uh, not as much now, but I work out. Fifty years old, you know, to put all cards on the table. That said, you know, and I, I don't feel I don't feel bad about most situations. But you know, my mom is 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 a woman of a certain age, and and I you know, and I've got a got a wife, I've got kids, and and so I'm thinking about all of those things. And I, but 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 I was also I heard a comment. I can't remember where I heard it, but it was really it kind of really made me think. So the the mortality rate with 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 this you know coronavirus is like two percent apparently. So imagine you had uh, a bag of Skittles, and maybe you might you guys might have heard this. You had a bag of Skittles, and you knew that out of a hundred Skittles, two of them in the bag would kill you if you ate them. Are you putting your hand in there? I know I'm not. I mean, depending on if they're red or green, because I like the <laughs> no, I'm no, no, yeah, no, no, that's a that's a great analogy actually. I, yeah, I would I would not touch Skittles if that were the case. Yeah. Agree. Yeah, so, I would so, not. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, yeah. So for me, like I I, 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 I probably wouldn't at this point. I just, I just, um, you know, for fear of of all the stuff that I, that we that we talked about and everything that we've seen, and how it, how uh, you know could affect people. And, uh, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't go there. I think it's great, Otto, that you're in a position now where you you know the one thing i've always said about sports journalists is you know we cover sports um but really we cover people and teams and coaches who happen to play sports we write about human drama and the fact that your staff now is being co-opted for other things i think shows the versatility there's a lot of departments who if they had to jump onto the sports world they couldn't do or they or they have to go to cover something else um, as a as a business writer, they're they're not clear about uh, all the uh, parameters and the and the sources. One thing great about this industry is it's such a shoot a microcosm of all other parts of society. You know, your staffers probably could go out and and uh, and, and distinguish themselves on coronavirus coverage right now. Well, so some of them have absolutely, they which have. is great. Yeah, yeah. I know that for me personally, um, just attending a game at this point, until there's a vaccine out there where you can be inoculated against catching this thing, I don't see myself going to sit in an arena with people. I don't see myself going to the movies. I certainly wouldn't want to be packed tightly into a locker room. Again, once there is... Once there is a vaccine for this and we know, okay, even if you're exposed to someone, you're not going to get it, then I'm going to be good. Right now, I've been talking to friends on the phone throughout this time and I say, hey, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing you when this is all behind us. I hope we can shake hands. Yeah. Well, here's the other side of it. We're talking about whether we would feel comfortable in a locker room. Do you really think the players want us in the locker room? They didn't exactly. want us in the locker room before, right. <laughs> and they sure no. don't want us in there now. No, they, they didn't want they didn't want the ref that refed Rudy Gobert's game the night before. That's that. I think that set Adam Silver over the like. Wait a minute, hold up. Our players now are scared of getting on the court against a guy that refed it. We're done. I mean, I think that was the moment right there. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I don't I don't want to put myself in jeopardy. I certainly don't want to put anybody else in jeopardy. And um, it's just, 
the whole thing. It's just so, but then let me, let me, I want to ask you this then, Otto. And Bruce, for years, you were a producer and, and kind of responsible for other people. If we fast forward to Cross Our Fingers, Say Our Prayers, November, and we are given the all clear by the CDC and the powers that be, but you still have folks on your staff who maybe were not comfortable. Like, how, as we come out of this, what does this even look like? Mm, that's an excellent question. I mean, um, mm. I mean, the, the, so I work at a company where yeah, I'm obviously not going to be forcing anybody to to go or, or go into harm's way. I mean, this is not somebody who volunteered mm. to go to the Middle East to cover a war or conflict. This is, you know, I mean, you know, going to keep everything in, in, in context here. Hopefully, hopefully, you know, it, it won't come to that. But um, but I, w- I would, you know, if, if someone says they don't want to cover something or they feel like they can't, um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to honor that. And, and I would expect the, uh, my bosses and the, and the paper to stand behind me. You know, I would, I would tell people if you don't want to go, I mean, and this is, this is the, the, the tough part because in our business and anybody's business, everything is so competitive. So when somebody is looking for a chance to kind of move up the ladder a lot of times it requires somebody else to sort of step away in order for someone else to come up. So it's, you know, I I would certainly say, look, if you're uncomfortable being there, um, don't go. But I know somebody else is going to say, oh, okay, I'll go. Mm -hmm. And then you're kind of put in a position of saying, are you sure? And, you know, sometimes you have to protect people from themselves, but other times you have to say, well, you're an adult and you're making an adult decision. You know the risks that are involved. Um, if you're qualified, you know, go ahead. But that's just such a horrible choice to be put in because even if you do give someone a chance and they make their own decision and something happens to them, I don't know about you. I'm a nice Jewish boy who's filled with guilt <laughs> over everything. I would never forgive myself. Oh, be lit. Oh, happy Passover, by the way. Thank you. We're currently in there. Were there are ten plagues that are associated with Passover, and oh, I think mind. coronavirus is the eleventh. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Why? I'm sorry. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um. Okay. This, I mean, guys, this is this is going to be fascinating for a while. But in news that was made and positive news um, mm. during the course of our stay-at-home time, the next class of Hall of Famers was announced. This year's Basketball Hall of Fame included Kobe Bryant, may God rest his soul, Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Rudy Tomjanovich, Kim Mulkey, Tamika Catchings, Eddie Sutton, and a couple other folks. Um, super strong class for sure. I It was funny because I actually looked up Kim Mulkey a couple weeks before the announcement, and I didn't realize that she won as a player and also as a coach, which is super, super dope. But what are you most excited about in terms of the Hall of Fame speeches as we get there? Um, coming up, Mike. So I think I think it's just going to be so Kobe dominated that this will be know, the final send off or anything. But after you know, when you think about the the tragedy and the magnitude of the day he died, and then the next moment was sort of the um, all the days that followed. But the the funeral, the public funeral in Los Angeles, and and then the All Star Game and the honoring, uh, sorry, I guess the all-star game would have been before the public funeral, correct? Yes. Are, yeah. And so, so you've got these three, these three major events surrounding Kobe, and this will be the first really one since then. And so I think it's uh, for better or worse. And I think for better, it's going to dominate a lot of the talk and a lot of the coverage early on. Um, and, and, you know, I always said this about Tim Duncan. I knew he was going to retire the same year that Kobe did because he did not want the kind of uh, uh, accolades. And, and he's one of these guys that's just, you know, Otto, and you you know, Monica, he's just, he's anti-press. He doesn't, you know, if, if you told, if you put Tim Duncan on an island by himself, didn't even have to be the Caribbean, he would literally be happy with nobody there. And, and, and person like Kobe, he needs that validation. He needs a, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, he so tragically passed, um, I think Tim Duncan um, will, it almost not shields him from the press, but he'll, he'll be the sort of the signature player that's, you know, obviously he's not being saluted posthumously. Um, and, and KG, I mean, he'll be, he'll be fun in his own way. I wonder, I wonder how KG will like be received 
or will, will there be a moment where he becomes Jordan? Uh, you know, I'm basically everybody who slided me <laughs> up yours, take this, take that, or it would be like, you know, I know I was an asshole to some of y'all, but <laughs> like, you're, where is, where is Kevin Garnett going to come down? And will Ray Allen be invited? That's what I want to know. I'm worried that KG's speech is going to feature more F-bombs than Ruth on Ozark would uh, have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, think he goes, I think he goes the latter. I think. I feel like in KG's age, he's he's got great stories, as we know, and we see all the time. Yeah. I feel like there'll be more grace and less edge. I could be wrong. What do you think, Otto? Uh, I'm, I'm definitely going grace over edge. I think he's probably, his camp is probably warning him about the uh, the infamous 09 speech uh you know, MJ and, and all that, that was obviously not a good look, but, uh, but you know, the, the other thing we, we were just talking about all of the, the Kobe moments that, that have happened and, you know, as NBA fans uh, and Kobe fans to, to whatever degree that we all are, we were also robbed of another one. And that was the, the way things were looking, the Lakers were going to be in the, in the, in the mm. finals or, or at least, at least an LA team um, and Staples yeah. was going to figure prominently. So whatever that was going to be, whatever kind of tribute that was going to, that was going to, show itself we, we you know in all likelihood we're not going to have that so we then we fast forward to and, and who knows what the draft is going to be like so yeah so we're fast forwarding to uh to to springfield i know you had some thoughts Otto, on who might deliver kobe's speech well yeah well obviously you know we imagine that vanessa is going to speak and and you know so so who else should speak and and you know we're we're just obviously the, the, the you know the, the Kobe family is going to decide you know what what you know obviously what what they want to do but you know to me it's it's a we we, we look we've heard from Jerry West we've heard from from Shaq and, and MJ um you know and, and all of the folks who have been really close to him and to me like this is an opportunity for for you know one final opportunity to talk about legacy and what better way to do it would than to tend to have somebody who we haven't heard from before nothing against Sabrina Ionescu nothing uh, you know, nothing against you know, Tarasi, but you know maybe there's somebody else out there who we haven't heard from who would you know again just shine in another another light on 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 this guy who I mean as an 18 year old coming out of lower Marion he was all about I mean you could, could mm. just the, the metamorphosis that this, this guy has had from you know all about winning to being basically chill mom and dad you know your, your, your little one's gonna figure it out and you know so basically we'd love to be able to see somebody who kind of embodies that moving forward so that's a tough i don't know bruce you know we have an idea because i i i know i don't want it to be and not because i don't like the guy i don't really know him that well but i i just feel like rob palenka would get too verbose carried away and and not that i you know not that he wouldn't be heartfelt i just would want somebody that you know that either knew kobe i mean who knows maybe his oldest daughter oh that's my thought mike i agree yeah do you think yeah is if she's up to it his oldest daughter because i think I don't want to say that she's been slighted in this, but from my vantage point, women's basketball was so excited about Gigi, but I think mm. girl dad was not just a dad to Gigi. And although Natalia d- did not necessarily have the same athletic prowess, she's taken all of this in. She, you know, she remembers probably more of Kobe's, the end of Kobe's career than Gigi did because she's older. Um, if mm. she was up to it, I would be definitely thrilled to hear from her. And not for nothing, mm. but she was supposed to be the one to take over the business. I mean, mm. that's, that's the way that the, that the family mm. was had been talking about this, so they, so it makes perfect sense, uh, you know, to go that route. The TV yeah. producer in me is envisioning something like this: all of the Laker greats that are in the Hall of Fame, and there's too many to mention, but you know, all the obvious ones, you know, including Phil and you know Elgin Baylor and Shaq, and I, mean, I would like to see them all lined up side by side behind the podium, have Jerry West come out with Vanessa. Have Jerry, because there's always an escort for the Hall of Fame inductee. Have Man, Jerry West come out this, with Bruce. Have Jerry West come out with Vanessa. Vanessa speaks first, then Jerry West speaks, and I'll be done after that. That's all I need to see because we saw how Jerry West reacted, you know, on TNT when Kobe passed. Mm. The emotion and Jerry West was really his rabbi. Jerry West was his number one booster from the moment, from the very beginning. So. Line them all up and back. Have them standing there side by side. Vanessa, then Jerry, then next. Mm. Well thought out, Bruce. Well, Thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm you available should, to produce this think about, if need be. Think, think about a career in GV, Bruce. 
<laughs> I, I did, but it's kind of behind me now. <laughs> so Kobe definitely is going to dominate it. We tossed out KG's name. You mentioned Tim Duncan as yeah. big to be comfortable in his understated role. But who else are you guys excited about, Mike? I mean, Kim Mulkey's Kim, Kim a really good uh, character. I mean, she's, you know, she's um, she's just such a, uh, what we call a firecracker. Um, and she's she's had such a career and, you know, she's got, her politics are out there too. She's like, uh, she, you know, I'm not saying she's right wing, but yeah, she gives Glenn Beck a run for her money. And um, so, so it'd be interesting if any of that comes up, but either way, you know, she's just such a great character. You know, she's had such a great career. Um, you know, Eddie Sutton, old college basketball. I didn't even know he was alive. You know, like I, the fact that he's going in and he's still alive is incredible. And um, Rudy T, you know, uh, Clutch City. I mean, th there'll be some great stories. One of the great things at the um, – I'll go ahead. But one of the great things at the Hall of Fame, uh, if you've ever been up there, it's, it's unbelievable when – they, the day before they do the tables and everybody just goes, it doesn't matter if it's Iverson or Eddie Sutton, like they give their life story like nobody's ever, you know, like it's like this is their last time to to reveal whatever they want to reveal about themselves. And you get some of the most special interviews that nobody really attends. A lot of people don't even show up, uh, you know, other than the local newspaper and a couple of national columnists. And you get some of the best, richest stuff out of that, that whole day, those two days. Uh, I, I can't say enough about it. Hey, let me ask you, if I, if I could. So uh, Aaron Berlin, my co-host on Catch and Shoot 2.0, available now. Um, what? <laughs> uh, asked, nice. Shameless plug. Good Right. Ask me a question uh, about, and I, I'm going to pose it to, to the panel because I think this would be a you know, really interesting yeah. question. So three-on-three -three game, class cool. of 2020 versus class of 09. So, you know, Kobe, TD, KG, or... 09, MJ. Jordan, Admiral, Stockton. Right, exactly. Who are you taking in a three-on-three? Three? Oh. And everybody's healthy in their prime. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's, everybody's balling out of control. Ooh. Ooh. Monica, Monica, you're the baller here. Who, who you got? I'll be the one so you guys can lambast me for not seeing Mike at his peak. I'm just going to go 2020. <laughs> Shout out to 2020. Let's do it. All right. All right. Uh, it's, I, I'm going to go 09 just because I like old guys, but I don't know. It, it's, it's one of those things, too, where – wait, who? Wait, who's the 2020 team again? So you got you got Kobe, TD, KG. Position. Uh, okay. And, and the 2009 is Michael Stockton. Stockton, Stockton and, and David and, Robinson. Yeah. And Dave Robinson. Now nah, I'm going to go 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Come I, on. So I, I think uh, – Robinson, Robinson, checked... Robinson, I mean, Robinson would get – Bowed by Duncan. It would be awesome. I think we both had 2020. For, yeah. uh, yes, that Aaron. Uh... All right. So, all right. So, Michael's got uh, Kobe, right? Yeah. Ad Admiral's got Timmy in a spur on spur violence deal there. Okay. Yeah. And then um, KG's got Stockton. Yeah, I really, yeah that's think, a good point. Uh, I, think, I think I like the longer. Uh, 2020 team. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. yeah. That's, like um, a, that's, like a, that's like an NBA 2K, uh, 2K game. Amazing. Like you guys go on the social media now. I can't tell you how many, like pick three of these nine movies. Like everything's a list now. It's like, every, I don't have enough time for stupid trivia on the internet. And then, you know, I just, I, I got to turn social media off just to have Dude, a we life have nothing, at home. We have nothing but time. That's the whole point. Uh, I know. I know. Yeah, it's, it's, some of it is killing time. Um, elephant. Uh, can I throw an elephant in the room out there? Um, the um, a good friend of mine who works at ProPublica, um, I don't know if he was an editor on a story, but anyway, push it out. And it was, it was essentially about the coronavirus killing more African-Americans than any other race, especially in the big cities. And it's like this factual evidence now. And I, I just say like, for, just uh, from a perspective of somebody watching from afar, um, it really bothered me when Mike Gundy, the Oklahoma State uh, college football coach, came out and said, you gotta call the NCAA. We gotta get these boys back to work. Uh, Oklahoma's going broke. And one, it was a, it was like an omission, a glaring omission of like how we don't play these, uh, how we don't pay these players, and 
how, you know, they're basically, two, majority of his players are African-American and like such a, such a, like, like you're gonna put your, your players, your, your student athletes health at risk to make money for the state. Like that's what this is about. And, and, and on one hand, it's a glaring mission what college football is, but on the other hand, it really bothered me, especially when I saw that political report, like how um, healthcare is so freaking uh, class and race oriented still in this world. And, you know, as obviously two people that work for us who are African-American, I wondered how you guys felt. Um, I think I did not hear those comments, Mike, but woo. Uh, woo. Now I will say this though. Um, we know the NCAA has a ton of work to do in terms of athletes being able to generate income. That's one thing, one bag, one basket in this conversation. The other part in terms of the numbers, our communities are far more likely to have underlying conditions. And from what I understand, this mm. virus hijacks underlying conditions. Even something as simple as asthma makes it umpteen times worse. It becomes potentially deadly. But mm. I will say, because this week with the ACC Network, we actually did an interview with Dana Evans, who was the Women's Basketball Player of the Year, who is on campus. I don't think that she was forced to go to campus, but she said out of her own mouth, for the sake of staying in shape and preparing, it was better for her to be on campus. I don't know what Oklahoma State's deal is in terms of the X's and O's, but in talking to my cousin who just graduated um, and finished up a football career at Maryland, for the kids, there is, that statement was out of pocket, but I do think that for the kids, there's some comfort and maybe even more protection depending on what they're coming from at home. So, so the idea of making the university money would not be my top priority. But if I had athletes on my team that wanted to be on campus and they felt like that was a safer option than home, that's something that I would have an ear for. That's fair. Yeah, there's no question. The, 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 for some, the campus is is a better option, and there's no doubt that the that the statement was tone deaf. But but the other thing that you have going on here, or that you had, is that in the early wave of all of this, there were a number of people saying that erroneously. Well, black people can't get it. Black people can't get it. And like, mm. and, you know, and those types of statements, um, you know, and a- along with people questioning the science, you know, it, it, it definitely put things at a, uh, you know, certain folks had a, had a disadvantage from, from the get-go. So in addition to all the, the, the um, issues that, that Monica is talking about, and in addition to the fact that even if you say you're going to walk into a hospital and you're looking for care, Unfortunately, folks who are black and brown are not going to be treated as, as you know the same way or have the same level of uh, credibility when they're talking about the symptoms that they're experiencing. So you put all of this together, and then you you know you, you know, we know we know what the urban areas are like, you know, more more densely populated. This is what you get, and mm-hmm. and it, it's not exactly a surprise that we're that we're here. It's unfortunate that we're here, but I can't say it's a surprise that we're here. The other part of it too. I think we're far more likely to have some of these professional careers and jobs that are deemed essential right now. And so you literally cannot, you don't have the option from working to work from home, um, which, you know, whatever exposures we keep hearing different companies um, may or may not have the standards in place to protect their employees. That's a, just another wrinkle. Yeah. That's a great point. Think of all, think of all the service industries and whatnot and how like, you know, irrespect you know, mostly race but also class like if you can't afford to miss a day of work are you really going to tell anybody you're sick mm-hmm. and especially if they're not giving you sick leave like uh, that, that that mcdonald's story was just disturbing a while back yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean well, the hope is that the, is that they uh, all of the folks in government at all levels of government take really really good notes and really account for who at the when it's all said and done and to do, you know, to do a, a look back on, on, you know, what happened and who was most affected, because, mm. you know, th- this is obviously not going to be the last time a virus of this type, you know, shows its yeah. you, know, you know, we know that. Ooh, that's a scary thought. Taking it back to the original part of the question about Mike Gundy and being a big time college football coach with a bunch of student athletes, the whole power dynamic with college mm-hmm. sports and the coach as the kind of God figure versus the, the, you know, 19, 18, 20-year-olds. It's just so not fair for those kids because they will be afraid to go against anything that their head coach says for any number of reasons. So the fact that he had to open his mouth about that to me is just a real example of like, you know, somebody in a position of power making sure everybody knew that here's what I think 
and then they're expected to sort of like, you know, demure. Privilege. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, it's, like, it's like what you were saying earlier with respect to, you know, um, if, you know, I'm an editor on staff and if one of my reporters decides not to not, to, you know, if they have questioned something, um, you know, it, the, the, the individual in this case, the athlete in this case, just doesn't have the, the, the power to to be able to say, hey, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling good about this. Uh, you know, and you're what? So, what the, so what's the end result? You're going to lose playing time. You may lose a scholarship. You may lose uh, eventually yeah. if, you know, this is a big time program. Guys, go to the guys go to the end. You, of didn't, the suck, so, you didn't suck it up. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, the the layers of this thing, uh, if I had to even think about a potential silver lining, is I do hope that it is provoking some very real conversations, not just with our government and our healthcare healthcare system, but even to this level of coaches and really understanding their athletes and having their backs. Like, this is, oh, God, Otto, the idea that this isn't the last time we deal with something like that is just mind-blowing. But hopefully, Mm. we're better prepared. True. True that. All right, so let's swing it to one more little positive story in the midst of right. Shout out to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. The big fella. All right, so Kareem Abdul-Jabbar donates. Let me make sure I got my numbers correct yeah. here. 900 pair of protective goggles to the UCLA health um, program to help medical professionals stay protected as they fight coronavirus. Um, I, not just Kareem. This is obviously great, but we've also seen a bunch of different athletes step up, use their funds, and actually really put their money where their mouth is in terms of supporting this cause. Well, I, I was privileged to have Jamal Crawford on the show this past week, and uh, that's Monday's Pure Hoops Media, the Mike Watch Show. And um, the, you know, he was just it, beyond the fact available that, now, be, be available now, but he, beyond the fact that he's you know, a solid dude. Uh, and he, and he's a very likable guy. You want to see him get another year of ball. You know, he spent lots of, of his own money just helping out uh, a local food bank, making sure people were fed and all kinds of other charitable organizations got involved because he did. And I just think Kareem is a great example of, I, you know, I know we, we kiss this league's butt all the time in some of the ways they do, especially that they're they're the most, you know, socially conscious and, and, and sort of led this renaissance of social conscious among athletes. I mean, to me, it's another example of the NBA gets it and yeah. Kareem gets it. And and I just look back at when I was a kid and like him and those goggles, that was like that, that was part of uh, the, the, you know, the lexicon of the day. Oh, there's the Caps goggles. Magic's going to throw it in the post. And, and like the fact that all these medical professionals are wearing those, I hope they look like those. Though. <laughs> you know, so, but just a, you know, just a great gesture on his behalf. For sure. So, so what if the, uh, so what if the NBA decided to, uh, you know, kind of market, market, market on, on this or capitalize on this by having uh, create, create a little meme where, 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 where Kareem delivers all the goggles via skyhook and there's like a skyhook challenge. And so, and so all the all players are, de- are delivering, are delivering other things with the Skyhook Challenge. Billy. I think Kareem you know should what? challenge. I think Kareem, now that he's donated the goggles, he should challenge Dennis Rodman to donate the gowns. <laughs> That's pretty good, Bruce. You, you, you were saving, I was that, looking one. For, you were saving I was, that one. I was looking for I was looking for a one-liner, and I could not do better than that. I was good. I just, that was, um, I just thought of that too. That was not premeditated. I swear yeah, to God. Yeah, that was good. Those are the best ones. No, you're you're like that. But you know what, you, Otto? You, no joke. I'm going to call the NBA after the show's over and say, "Hey, I, I need a finder's fee on this. This is a great idea. I came up with it. I'm not. I'm not giving you any credit. You, 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 and you mean, um, we. You mean we need a finder's fee because this is. Being we, yeah, we need a finder's fee. Yeah, this is being recorded. <laughs> but yeah. Um. But yeah. No, I think that's actually a great it's Monica's idea. show, so she gets like thirty percent. I, I think, like the sound of that. You know, about, like if I was, you know, like or anywhere, sport or start telegram anywhere, like I would love to see, and I think you could do almost do charity with it. Get like, you know, two dudes that are like, I don't know, semi-decent tennis players. We don't even know who they are. And you get real, you know, announcers calling their match. And like, you know, people put in chair and like you do the background of them while the, while the match is going on. People would be into that stuff, man. Like, uh, yeah. like Joe Buck was doing it online with just show, send me your video. I think it'd be great. Like, you know, if ESPN announcers uh, um, were calling, you know, Steve Levy's uh, covering, co- covering some, you know, a lacrosse match or something, you know, and just be hilarious to hear the, you know, Johnny Sullivan, you know, and I mean, just, you know, some guy you never heard of. 
but he's getting all this love. Like the one thing I think that ESPN did brilliant was the senior night thing where it's sort of all these people that, I mean, you and Monica, you probably feel this more than me because you played big time division one ball. Like I, I sat the bench at a small college. Like you, like, it would have killed you if you didn't get a senior night, you know, or it would have really been in, you know, like you put in all these four years and you, and if, even if you're not going to win the national championship to have that moment, the fact that they're honoring these kids that uh, whether it's an NAI player or a division one, big time player, I, I love that idea. I love the idea of sort of like, Oh, these are the lost generation of kids that didn't get, you know, shoot, you could, could do it with an engineer at some little local sanitation plant that was going to retire after 40 years and he didn't have a retirement party. He's just sitting at home like his job's over after 40 years. That's a story. And I just think that, that there was a lost uh, generation of people that, that that are ending something big in their lives, whether it's college, high school, whatever, that you know, just going to be forgotten. Yeah. yeah. 2020 is definitely a tough year. I agree with you, though. Senior night is probably one of the best things. Yeah, I like it coming out of this all right guys well we're gonna wrap up this combo but before i let you go you mentioned it's funny you said that mike things that didn't really get to get celebrated bruce and i have had this conversation a little bit but what if the nba season is lost or if you want to go march madness what is something that you were looking forward to that is probably now in jeopardy when it comes to the world of basketball that we know it Go ahead, Otto, you first. <laughs> All right, so so being new, new to the Dallas market, I was really excited to go to a playoff game, uh, Mavericks playoff game. And mm-hmm. I think the way they were running, they were looking like they were going uh, to get the Clippers. Um, so that would have been, been really cool. Yeah. The tournament is, like, to me, it's still, as much as I love the NBA and I've been in all these NBA finals and it's my bread and butter, the tournament to me always felt like the best three weeks on the sporting calendar. I'd always fall in love with two teams that you never heard of and they break my heart and like the sweet 16, but, but I like miss, you know, rooting for some dude that never is going to be in the NBA. And, um, but, but even more than that, I think the notion that Milwaukee, the small market from nowhere with Giannis and that like, and and playing LeBron who's like in in AD, that would have been like the evil empire. Um, in many ways, if that finals took place and, you know, Kareem, Milwaukee and L.A., all the all those angles of, of you know, the good the, the good little small market versus the Death Star. Like I wanted to see that final. So I thought that would have been the most fun finals of all time. And even though I kind of rooted for the Clippers to get there, um, I, I, I would have waited for a year just to see that finals. And nah, that, that's not happening this year. And LeBron's only got a few more chances. And I'm yeah. one of the people that believes that if LeBron won one more, even one more, and he'd be the first player to lead three franchises as an alpha player to a title, I, you know, I think his longevity would you'd really have the Michael Jordan conversation in, in serious tones. That kills me. I, you know, I, I am kind of bummed out for LeBron and that team. Yeah. I was really looking forward to the most bananas Western Conference finals that would have ever taken place, which would have been the Clippers and the Lakers. Seven games on the same court, seven home games for both teams, although we know that it's not really, but it is because you're staying in your own home. You're practicing in your own facility. You don't have to travel, you know, in between cities. I think that would have been the most amazing conference. It would have eclipsed the NBA finals as far as I'm concerned, because that would have just been the purest, most, you know, I mean, because at that time of year, right, everyone's tired. They got aches and pains. But to be able to play seven games at home for both teams, we would have seen the absolute best basketball. Mm, Gosh. Bill, Billy and Jack. Yes. Courtside. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Palmer and the bus family. Staples Center was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Oh, God. I don't know, Mike, you make a good point about LeBron's time, but I feel like all of those things that you guys just mentioned could still happen. So I, I think for me, I'm sad. I agree with you. I was sadder about March Madness. Dayton's not going to be a top five team again. Sabrina Unescu doesn't get to potentially come back and win a national title, which was the whole reason that she returned to school in the first place. So I think mm. it's better about March Madness compared for both the men and women compared to the NBA. I'll, give, I'll give you that. Per- personally, it was my thing with, with the going to the game, but but definitely, you know, Mar- no March Madness for that entire class. Just It's just like getting washed out like it never ended. Yeah. 2020 will uh, 
live, uh, I don't know, how do you, 2020 will just be, is it infamous for all of us? I don't it'll be ooh, one for the history books. May it be one of the biggest asterisks that I could think of in sports and along that it defeats any lockout or any other strike shortened season where you just go, what the hell happened? The world just, what happened in the world overtook anything to do with the games. It's crazy. Yeah. It's been a bummer of a year so far between the late, great David Stern leaving us, Kobe mm. Bryant leaving us, this plague upon the world not leaving us yet. Um, this, and what we're, can you and say? We're, and we're a third of the way through 2020, so keep washing your hands. Rudy, yeah, go, wait till Rudy November, go. right? Maybe November. Rudy go. <laughs> this is what you got to look at. We're down like 50 right now, but it's the second quarter. You know what I'm saying? Halfway through the second quarter. Yeah, coach. Quarter. We got time. Oh, coach. <laughs> We got time to rally. We just got to right. root for smart decision-making and people staying home. Rudy Gobert infecting all his teammates. No. <laughs> you pledged money. You pledged money. I'll give it up for you. Come on. Mike, we're, we're supposed to be on a positive now. We're, we're leaving that in the past. All but right, I'm kidding. On a positive <laughs> note, I appreciate all of you guys hopping on Bucket Sports and Blocked with me. I love having the roundtable discussion and then listening to you guys' pods as well. So thanks. All right, let's go. Time to stick the landing. Thanks to our panel of Pure Hoops Media Voices for today's roundtable discussion. Mike Wise, Otto Strong, and my producer and loyal sidekick, Bruce Bernstein. Chopping it up with you guys was tons of fun. We definitely should do this again sometime. Thanks also to our fantastic editor, Ben Wolfen, for all of his help. Mike, what'd you have this week? My guest this week, uh, Monica, on the Mike Wise Show, was the great Jamal Crawford, who shared great stories about helping out families and kids in the Seattle area. On uh, Catch and Shoot 2.0, uh, uh, along with my co-host Aaron Berlin, we have the legendary, now Hall of Fame coach, Rudy Tomjanovich. John Fanta and Kim Adams have college hoops maven Jeff Goodman on full-court press with Fanta and Adams. And coming up, uh, BJ Armstrong and Eric Newman with the Pure Hoops podcast that drops on Friday. They will have NBA veteran of everything, Dave Wall, former GM, former coach, former player. And he is going to discuss the changing nature of rivalries in the NBA, which once were team rivalries have sort of morphed into individual rivalries. Love all of that. That's the whole lineup. And of course, on Thursdays, I'm back with buckets, boards, and blocks as we close. Please remember to pray for our healthcare workers and our essential employees who are on the front lines of the COVID-19 battle. Send one up for leadership that smart decisions will be made as well. Please continue to practice social distancing. Treat everyone like a teammate. Wash your hands. Stay home as much as possible. And until next time, enjoy your hoops. Buckets, Boards and Blocks with Monica McNutt has been a presentation of Pure Hoops Media. Jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.